All right, it's good to be here today. Good to be able to have the opportunity to speak. Um, good to be home, and uh, I miss it here a lot. You guys are my family, even my church family. So, um, we're gonna get right into it here. I don't have too much time. I want to be able to say what I uh, have to say. So, um, I'm gonna open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for us today, Lord, and and um, having your hand over the morning service and just being with us throughout the day, Lord, and and um, Please give me the words to say, be with me as I speak, Lord, and, and do what only you can do, and um, use me and speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so turn to 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3. Um, while you're turning there, I'm going to kind of give you a context of, of and an uh, overview of what Paul's saying. Um, uh, it, it's important to, you know, be, be in context, make sure you're, you're getting the right message that was presented in the Bible. So... 1 Corinthians was written to the church of Corinth to do with problems that was going on in the uh, the church, and this was heavily addressed, as as you know if you read 1 Corinthians. Um, there were many people in the church that, that recognized Paul's apostolic authority um, that he had over the church, but there was a small group which still opposed Paul, and this was led by the Judaizers. The Judaizers, we'll, we'll kind of go and, and go more into them a little later. Um, this is what prompted Paul to write 2 Corinthians. These, these Judaizers of, of the church of Corinth, they, they were legalists and, and they, were, um, they were focused on me, on, on who I am, you know, self-image. They, they criticized Paul because um, his appearance, his, his looks. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't, you can see from Acts and, and from different sections of his life, he wasn't the greatest looking guy. He had ailments in the eyes. He he looked a little odd. You know, a visual was Brother Jeremy. If you look at him, you can see that. So, <laughs> so, and they also, they demanded, they demanded letters of, of, of condem, uh, commendation for, for, from, or for Paul. Um, they, they, they had these, these, the speakers, the Judaizers in the churches, they had these letters that, that commended them, that made them, you know, appear better because, because they had these references, if you will, you know. So, so we see that they demanded letters of commendation from Paul, which Paul never presented, so they deemed him unqualified to be an apostle, to be um, a, a speaker. So from what we can see and gather here in chapter 3, Paul is addressing and dealing with the group of Judaizers. The Judaizers did believe in salvation um, through faith, but they also added to this with their laws. They were very legalistic people, so, so they taught that a believer is somehow perfected in his faith for following the law. Of Moses, they focused on um, achieving religious goals, setting again, focusing on me. Um, what what can I do? And 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 it ties in perfectly to to Sunday morning of of how Pastor kind of ended it when when Samson knew that his hair was gone. He knew God's power had left him, but he still thought he had strength, and he still went to fight the Philistines because because he was so focused on me. You know, he thought his power came from me. So. We're going to get into 2 Corinthians 3. We're going to start reading here in verse 1 and get into what Paul was saying. Do we begin to commend ourselves? So, commend means introduce favorably, exhibit. Um, Paul is basically addressing them speaking highly of themselves. So, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of, condemnation, of commendation from you? Um, Paul is asking a rhetorical question, you know, implied answer here. This is addressing them, deeming him as unqualified for, for not um, presenting his letters of commendation. Um, it's, it's, also, it's also talking, well here, we're going to get into verse 2 here. Verse, 
Verse 2 says, Ye are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Now this verse here, it, it ties into kind of what this is saying. It, it, it's really important. Here we see Paul saying, you should be the letter written of God. Um, he, he's saying, you should be your own commendation, your life. Men should be able to look at your life and see God. He, he could also be talking about here, um, he, he, Paul started the church of Corinth. And, and you, have, you have a church that was started by Paul demanding letters of commendation. He, he was saying, he was saying, you're my commendation. You, your church, your success, your, your growth is my commendation. So he, he was also addressing that as well. And then here in verse 3, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Paul says not in tables of stone. This is referring to the law of Moses, with, with which the Judaizers often overemphasized as almost a type of addition to the Word of God. Second Corinthians, you see Paul dealing with the Old and New Covenant quite a bit. Um, Paul, Paul is again taking the emphasis away from me, who I am, and he's putting it on God. He says the Spirit, he says, but with the Spirit of the living God. It's not about you, right? So, in this next um, verse, we see, we see the biggest problem with the Judaizers, and Maybe not, maybe not so much as problem or, or, or reaction to the problem that, that they have is, is the focus on me, right? And this, this verse to me kind of ties one through five all together. It all kind of complements itself here. You see verse, verse four, we're going to start four and go into five. And such trust have we through Christ to God word, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. You see, the problem with the legalistic view, again, as, as you see the theme of these, these couple verses, is, is it focuses on yourself. And, and that's the reason verse 5 is in here. Verse 5 can be applied to a lot of different sections of the Bible, but it's applied here because he's, he's addressing men that focused on, on what they could do and how they could present themselves and, and how, what other people said about them as, as, as what you know to be true. So, so the, the, problem, the problem of the legalistic view is it focuses on yourself, how how you follow your rules and how you bear your commandments of God, which makes you a better Christian. It's adding to the, to the law of God. But when you teach grace of God, you teach a lost sinner, a lost sinner who is not sufficient to save themselves through works and, and things of that nature. You teach a worthless son, not a worthy son. You, you teach an insufficient man and a sufficient God. Now, obviously, the, the Bible sets... sets this isn't to be taken out, my words to be taken out of context. The Bible sets commandments. The Bible sets boundaries to follow. The Bible sets such things that, that we get and have the privilege to follow. Um, where, where, legalism, where legalism steps into this is, is when, when you try to put them in the place of the grace of God and you stop letting the Holy Spirit guide you and giving you the desire to do right out of the love and out of the grace of God. And, and you do nothing but wear yourself out and lose sight of why you're a Christian. You are not sufficient. You are not sufficient through your own standards. You are not sufficient. You can have all the rules in the world, but without God, it means nothing. We as Christians can put our dependence in what other men say about us, or even what we say about ourselves. We can stop looking to the Lord for our sufficiency, instead look to men, or look to our rules. But all this does is cause a burnout and failure. And we've seen this again and again. At the end of the day, you get to follow the boundaries the Bible has set. You get to follow the standards that separate you from the world, that God has set to separate us from the world. 
and and the, the problem with legalism is it is it ends up you end up having a a contentment a hatred for the rules because you stop looking at it as as a privilege to follow what God has set for you and and you you look at it as such rules and not boundaries that God set for you. So how do we avoid all this and, and have our total and under, utter dependence on God? How do we find our sufficiency in Christ alone? It's, it's, it's really simple. Go to God, right? What are, you, what are you saying when you don't go to God with, with a desire to know Him? What are you saying when you have no desire to know God, when you have no desire to build a relationship with God? What are you saying when, you're, when, you, when you never spend time in the Word, which is the foundation of your Christian life? What are you saying? What are you saying when you don't bring your problems to God in prayer? What are you saying when you, when you have the opportunity every day to go to God and when you have a God at your fingertips that you can go to and, 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 and put your problems in and give these things that you can't overcome? What are you saying? What is that saying? What is your life, as, as we see in verse 2, what is your life showing? What is your life portraying? Not, not your words, what is your life saying? It's saying, I don't need God. If, if, you, if, you, have, if you have the opportunity to, if, if you're going through a hard time, you're going through a trouble that you know you can't get through, and you have the opportunity to bring that to God, and you don't bring that to God, with your life, you're saying, I don't need God. I can get through this without God. I don't need God for this problem. If you wake up, you have an option to pray or go do whatever you do. We, we all have it. We all do it. If you don't pray to God, what are you saying with your life? I don't need God to get me through my day. And, and that's where you... There's no dependence on God to get you through your day. There's no, there's no dependence on God because that, that, may not be, that may not be what you want to say with your words, but it's what you're saying with your heart. It's what you're saying with your life. Because we, we serve a God of omni, omnipresence. He's everywhere. He sees all. We serve a God of omnipotence. He, he is all-powerful. We serve a God of omnipresence. He's all-knowing. He knows every desire. He knows every need. We, he knows your likes, your dislikes. When we have a God like that at our fingertips and don't take advantage of the humbling opportunity God has given us as Christians, and you wake up every day with the option to pray or, or, or skip today, and you skip with your life... With your life, you're saying you don't need God today. And, and, and you're saying, I can get through today without God. And the truth is, complete sufficiency to God is recognizing you can't make it through your day without Him. You can't. This, and, 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 and if you, if you want to live your life fully sufficient on God, go to Him. Seek Him. Build a relationship with Him. Total and utter reliance on God. Because... Again, the, the, the other side of it, the depending on yourself, look at Samson, as we looked at today, right? Look where that leads to. The, 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 the looking at myself, it leads to destruction, it leads to death. And, and, and that's, that's the path you're taking. And it's, it's as simple as a desire to know God, a desire to go to God, a desire to grow in God, and a desire to talk to God. And, and it's accessible to anyone, and it's not limited. So take advantage of that. I, I hope I was able to be a blessing to you guys. Thank you guys, thank you guys for uh, allowing me to speak.